0: It's the first Sunday of the month, so we are going to take the opportunity to do the Lord's Supper to celebrate who Christ is and what Christ has done for us in the Lord's Supper. I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 23, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You'll uh, just take off that top layer to get to the wafer. And let's do this together. This, Jesus said, "This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me." And we' take off the rest of that top. Jesus said, "This cup is the new covenant in my blood." do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Will you pray with me? Father, we celebrate today who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. We celebrate today our freedom in Christ because of his sacrifice on the cross. And we celebrate today that you are coming, he is coming back for us to take us home. We proclaim his death for on our behalf and we proclaim that he is coming again. We celebrate our communion with each other and with you this morning in Jesus' name, amen. Being Independence Day, I wanted to, uh, well, first, I will tell you unapologetically that I'm a patriot. I love this country. And so I wanted to, uh, to read part of, uh, we get confused on what today is. It, today is not the Constitution, that happens later. Today is the day that the, the, the Declaration of Independence was signed and ratified. And so I want to read you part of it. In Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to this separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that men are created equal, all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That's that's just a part. And then it goes on, actually. It's it's a great read if you haven't read it for a while. It's a great read because it goes on to, to list all of the grievances that they had, the founding fathers had, against the king of England. There's a lot of talk today uh, about how we're not a Christian nation. How we were never a Christian nation. And I I wanted to to read some of my favorite quotes from some of the founding fathers and, and dispel this idea. We are definitely, originally, a Christian nation. Let me read you some of these. John Adams said this, actually in 1775, before the Declaration of Independence, he said, we recognize no sovereign but God and no king but Jesus. He also said, in, in, uh, on the day that the Declaration of Independence was signed and approved by Congress, he said this, the general principles upon which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. I will avow that I believed and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and attributes of God. July 4th ought to be commemorated as a day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. He also said this, we have no government armed with the power capable of contending with human passions, unbridled by morality and religion. Avarice, ambition, revenge, or gallantry would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. He said that in 1798. John Quincy Adams, Why is it that next to the birthday of a savior of the world, most joyous and venerated festivals return on this day, the 4th of July? Is it not that in the chain of human events, the birth of, birthday of a nation is linked with the birthday of a Savior? That it forms a leading event in the progress of gospel dispensation? Is it not that the Declaration of Independence first organized the social compact on the foundation of the Redeemer's mission on earth? That it laid the cornerstone of a human government upon the first precepts of Christianity. Benjamin Franklin said this in 1787 at the Constitutional Convention. He said, God governs in the affairs of man. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house... They labor in in vain that build it. I firmly believe this. I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. Patrick Henry said this in 1765. It cannot be emphasized too clearly and too often that this nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, people of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here. James Madison, who is probably my favorite of the the founding fathers to read. James Madison said this in 1778. He said, we stake the whole future of American civilization not upon the power of government. Far from it. We stake the future of our political institutions upon our capacity to sustain ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of God. James Madison is the one who came up with the three branches of government that we have. And he came to that idea from Isaiah 33, 22, which reads, For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. And so we have... The judicial branch from the Lord is our judge. We have the legislative branch from the Lord is our lawgiver. And we have the executive branch from the Lord is our king. So our our literal three phases of government or three parts of government are founded upon scripture. George Washington said, To the distinguished character of patriot, it should be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of Christian John Jay, who was the president of the Continental Congress and the first chief justice of the Supreme Court, said, Providence has given to our people a choice of their rulers, and it is the duty as well as the privilege and interest of our Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. And Thomas Jefferson, who writes this, and this, this quote actually makes me shiver when I read it. He said it is God who gave us life and gave us liberty and can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are from God that they are not to be violated but by his wrath indeed I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. That makes you shiver a bit, doesn't it? See, I think this shows that our nation was indeed founded on Christian principles by Christians. Our, our very, as I, as I said earlier, our very three forms of government are literally from Scripture. So when we look at these forefathers, we see two things. We see their faith. And it's very clear in in their writings. And we see their sacrifice. They sacrificed their their homes, their, their family lives. In some cases, their lives themselves. For this dream of being a nation. For this dream of following God's provision to be a nation. Freedom always requires faith and sacrifice. It can't be won any other way. It can't be bought any other way. You know, uh, these days you see a lot of bumper stickers and t-shirts and things that say freedom isn't free. And it's at, they're absolutely right, it's not. Freedom isn't free. It requires sacrifice. It has, in our country, required the sacrifice of so many over the course of our history. It requires sacrifice. Freedom is bought with sacrifice, and with faith. Faith that God will prevail. Faith that this country will prevail. Freedom requires faith and sacrifice. It cannot be bought any other way. I want to take you to Scripture. I want to take you to Galatians 5.1. We read it earlier, and it is up here behind me. But I want to read this to you from Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. For freedom Christ set us free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. You know, Jesus said in, in John chapter 8, He said that we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. And, that, and we know that now. We can see through the rest of John, through John fourteen six, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. We know that Christ is the truth. And by knowing Christ, we know the truth. But Paul takes it a little bit different here. He takes it a step further. He says that the reason we have been set free in Christ is to be free. We are to be free. What does freedom in Christ give us? What is this freedom? We are free from the law for so many centuries. The Ten Commandments and and Leviticus, the law that was handed down, was the only way to please God. But it was never intended to be a replacement. It was never intended to be a ladder to climb to get to God. And that's what what it was made into. And that's what we still make it. We are free from the law. You know, uh, uh, we have been studying Galatians. Uh, on Wednesday nights. And I've told the group, if I had to summarize the, the book of Galatians in one sentence, it would be this. Don't try harder, trust harder. Don't try harder, trust harder. Because he spends all of Galatians telling us that it's about grace. It's about the freedom we have in Christ. We're free from the law. Now, what we, what we tend to do, we as human beings... What we tend to do is we tend to lean back on the law. When things aren't going well, we go back, literally back in time. We go backwards and look at laws and rules and we get legalism. And legalism is not a a sign of maturity, it's a step backwards from freedom in Christ. We go back to the law because we think somehow a list of do's and don'ts will help us uh, reign in our behavior. It has never worked. It will never work. It has never worked. Paul makes it clear in Galatians 3 that, that the law was never intended to do that. The law was only intended to show us our need for Christ. It was o- It was just a, a servant to bring us to Christ. And so the law was never intended to do that. Yet, What do we see in in governments throughout history? You want to rein in behavior, you pass more laws, right? They just go back to their baser instincts. That Governments do exactly what humans do because they're made up of humans. They go right back to, if we're going to fix this, we need more laws. That's not what's needed. It isn't what's needed. We need freedom in Christ. We need to be free in Christ. You know, Jeremiah said that the human heart is desperately wicked and completely under uh, uh, cannot be understood. We can't fix that with laws. We can't fix that with, with more rules. Another list of do's and don'ts. We are free from that to live a life of faith in Christ because we have freedom in Christ. Christ has set us free to be free. He's also set us free from religious activity. By that I mean, throughout history, mankind has tried to reach God by doing stuff, right? We do stuff here, figuring we'll get God's attention. God reached to us in Jesus Christ. We don't need to do that stuff. We don't do that stuff to reach God because God has reached down to us in Jesus Christ. Christ has set us free to be free from the law. He set us free to be free from religious activity, from from trying to reach God from here. And he set us free, as, as Angie mentioned earlier, from sin and its power. He set us free not only from our sin in the past, but literally from the sin that has power over us today. We can have power over sin in Christ that sin that that keeps drawing you back, you can say, this is not who I am anymore. That's who I was. That's not who I am now. Because who I am now is free in Christ. We are set free in Christ to be free. And how did we get our freedom in Christ? His sacrifice. Freedom has always required faith, and sacrifice. And it was the sacrifice of Jesus that bought our freedom. He was for our freedom so that we can be free from the law and free from the power of sin and free from our past, free from religious activity trying to reach God. He was whipped and beaten and crucified for our freedom. And all we need to do is trust that. All we need to do is place our faith in him. Freedom has always required faith and sacrifice. We see it from the beginning of our country and we see it in Christ. His sacrifice that we put our faith in and we are free in Christ. You know, July 4th, Independence Day, we celebrate the freedom, the political freedom that was bought with the faith and sacrifice of our forefathers. On Sundays, we celebrate being free in Christ by his sacrifice and and us placing our faith in his sacrifice. Today, we celebrate both. Today, we celebrate our political freedom. And we celebrate our freedom in Christ together. Freedom has always required sacrifice and faith. Will you trust Jesus died in your place on that cross to buy your freedom? Will you be free in Christ? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. You can be free in Christ right now. If you you don't know him, you can right now. You simply acknowledge that you have sin in your life. God, I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. I've done things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But you offer me freedom in Christ, and I ask you, Father God, for that freedom. I trust, I place my faith in the cross of Calvary for my freedom. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. I would like to pray for our nation right now to close this service. Then we're going to have some burgers and dogs and and enjoy fellowship. But, But let's take a moment and pray for our nation right now. Father, we lift the United States of America to you this morning. We understand, we see the sacrifice and the faith that our forefathers had in building this country, in the beginning of this country. But Father, we have strayed so far from you. We have, we have killed babies and called it choice. We have, we have lied and cheat, cheated and, and stolen and called it politics. We have oppressed the poor and called it welfare. We have sinned against you. And so we confess our sin. And we ask that your mercy and your grace come over our once again.